Okay. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining this Q&A conversation experiment, diving into this new, or maybe for some not so new, territory of gremlin. It is so outside of modern culture to dive into this territory, because modern culture, the culture that probably most of us were born and raised in, do not have the distinction gremlin. And the result of this is that modern culture is therefore a gremlin-centered um, culture. Because it does not have the distinction, then the gremlin can take over because modern culture does not have a way to tell them to sit or tell them to distinguish between I and my gremlin. I just want to, the way I would like to do this is I would like to, to speak for a while into, into, let's say, to, yeah, to speak a bit about the distinction gremlin and then to let you guys uh, ask me your question. And the, the, your question will be the most valuable for you and for the group if they are vulnerable question, okay? It, this is not about really, this is not about general, how does gremlin work, okay? The question that will be the most useful for you will be, I, I don't know how this works. I, I cannot feel my gremlin or I feel it and it does that. How, how does it, you know, how, can you give me something to, to help me? Can you give me distinction or experiment to help me? That would be the most valuable questions. And I, so I, I want to invite you to let your gremlin also have question. To let that part that we're going to talk about, let, you can let it be in this space because it has not, maybe it has not had space to speak or to be heard or to be seen. It's what Sarka was saying in the beginning that now she has a new relationship. Okay, she can have her, let it, she can see it more, she can hear it more. Okay. And, but what I would like you is if your gremlin would like to say something, is that you use a distinction saying, my gremlin would like to ask this question, or my gremlin would like to say this. And so then you can start making this distinction between you and your gremlin, and then the space. And, and I know, and everybody else knows who is speaking. Okay. Mm -hmm. So those are big, those are big distinction that when, you, when we say I, most often we don't know who's speaking. When you say, I don't want to do this, or I love this, or I don't like this, or um, I hate you, or whatever the I that's speaking, most often we don't know which I because we have parts. There's a, there's a website that's been built at the moment that's called parts.mystrikingly.com and we've listed already about 50 different parts that we all have inside of us. And this is such a great practice to notice which part, which part is speaking and what is the purpose of that part? And without making the distinction between those parts, most of your life will be unconscious. 
your action, your gestures, your relationship, your interaction comes from an unconscious place where you don't know which part is speaking and you don't know what the purpose is. And then you get a result and you just wonder, how, how come this happened? How come do I have that kind of result in my life? How come I, I hurt the people I love? How come I don't have the relationship I wish? How come I don't have the job that I want? So then you get results that you didn't, you didn't, you didn't wish for, but maybe other parts of you wish for. I want to say a couple of things about sort of about this next two hours is in possibility management, we work with distinctions. Okay. Distinctions are not ideas and they're not opinions. Distinction are maps. They're inner maps. They're energetic maps for, for energetic or inner territory. So, it's very easy to, to um, confuse the map with the territory. To say the distinction is the territory. It is not. The territory is the territory and the map is what helps you navigate that territory. So for example, if you look, and this is more physical, but if you look at a map of the world and you look at France, for example, and you say, this is France, it is not. You're not in France. Being in France is moving into the mountains and rivers and lakes of France. That's the territory. If you walk on the land of France, you're in France. When you look at a map of France, you're looking at a map of France. It can help you decide, I'm gonna to go to Paris or I'm gonna to go to Marseille. That's what a, the map is for. So I'm recording this, this talk and I'll, I'll be publishing it and, and sharing it. And maybe you have contact with other trainers or other possibility managers that might give you other distinction or present the, the territory in a slightly different way. So what I, what I wanna say is this is not gospel. What I'm gonna say, or, the, or maybe what other people could answer to your questions, are not this is not gospel, this is not possibility management right answer. What I'm giving you is the map, a part of the map, some tools in the map. And what we can do here together is exploring the map and maybe starting to explore the territory. But I can provide you with some, with some maps, with some compasses, but I cannot explore the territory for you. This territory of Gremlin is an experience. It is not a concept. I think maybe some of you heard Sarka said in the beginning, before she knew the distinction gremlin in her head, she had, there is a part of me that's called gremlin. Okay, now I'm starting to experience it. I can see it, mm. I can feel it. It has a particular sensation and, and I don't have a lot of words. It is hard to explain it in English words because English words, like the English language is mostly intellectual and physical, okay? so. This is why in possibility management, we had to invent or redefine some English words to include all five bodies. So we work with five bodies. So intellectual, physical, emotional, energetic, and archetypal. 
And your gremlin wears your five bodies. So the distinction gremlin is a distinction that can be sensed at a, in an intellectual level. So sometimes it takes, takes over your thoughts and your ideas and your opinions and your assumptions. It can be felt at a physical level. It has a, it has a particular physical sensation that is sort of a, a gripping, um, tightening, and there's sort of this adrenaline attached to the, the physical distinction of gremlin. It has an emotional part. So your gremlin wears your emotion. Using emotions, we're making the distinction here between feelings and emotion in the emotional body. Feelings come out of your adult state, can come out of your being and also your, your archetypal lineage. In the emotional body, you can also have a sense of, you can also experience emotions, which feels the same as feeling. It's anger, sadness, fear, and joy. But those emotions last in your body more than three minutes. And then they take over you. And if you don't make this distinction between a feeling and an emotion, and we might talk about this a little more during this talk, when, you, when your gremlin wears the emotion and use it as if it's real, for example, I, I feel betrayed. Oh, I feel attacked. Oh, I mm, feel persecuted. Oh, I feel underprivileged. Okay, those are quote unquote, you know, we use the word feeling or I feel, but those are emotions. And actually, they are mixed emotion. And those are used by your gremlin to create low drama. And we'll go, we'll go into that more. Then your your gremlin can wear your energetic body and when it wears your energetic body it uses the forces your energy to serve unconscious purposes for example your gremlin can be using your sexual energy to manipulate and to control and to um, own people and to possess others okay that would be your gremlin using your energetic body, your sexual energy, to serve its survival unconscious purposes. That particular strategy is called white widow. When you use, when your gremlin uses your sexual energy to serve its unconscious purposes and survival purposes, it is a particular strategy that we've named white widow. So we could have a term for it. And also we'll talk about it a little more. And somehow, it seems like, let's see, your gremlin can use your archetypal body, your archetypal body, to navigate to the underworld. The underworld is an archetypal domain. And you can, you can navigate there and take everybody with you into this, this archetypal domain called the underworld. So for, for some of you who are just maybe starting to, to meet possibility management, it could be your first time in this space, or um, I might have said a lot of words that are not in your usual vocabulary. They're not in ordinary vocabulary. And we need those words to talk about things that modern culture do not know about and do not talk about. So I, 
I will do my best to explain them and explain what I mean. And, but if you, if there's really something that you don't understand or it seems important for you, just interrupt me and ask me. Okay. Okay. Does anybody have, want to say anything or have any question right now? Is the gremlin, um, is the gremlin just another word for the unconscious part? Yes. For the shadow? Yes. Well, let, let, me, let me explain that a little bit. Your gremlin, which can have, um, it can be a female, sort of, it can have a female energy or it can have a male energy. I'm going to, I'm going to say he, but it's possible that your gremlin is female. Okay. I'm just going to use he because it's just most gremlin are masculine. Most gremlin are male. Okay. So your gremlin is your ki Your king is the king or queen of your underworld. Human beings, we travel and navigate three worlds. Okay. Most of us knows about the middle world. But the middle world is, I need to pee. The middle world is, I need to take a shower. I need to feed myself. I need to have clothes. I, um, I, I, I walk down the street and go to the market. I uh, meet with my family for a birthday. Or, okay, this is the middle world, which, which we're most accustomed to. And we think a lot, or a lot of people think that that's the only world that we can live in which is pretty ordinary and pretty flat and pretty like survival. I can, I can make, I can walk through my life and survive through my life in the middle world. However, we have at, at every time, at any time, there's also access to the upper world. An upper world is our forces of nature serving conscious purposes, forces of nature that are responsible. So those are bright principles, for example, like love, clarity, possibility, transformation, healing, teamwork, um, family with a capital F, uh, community, empowerment, transformation, evolution. All of those are forces of nature that you can have access to because each and every one of you serves a set of three, four, five bright principles. You might have distilled them, you might have not distilled them, but whether or not you've distilled them, they are still active in your life. And it's a great, it's a great process to distill your bright principles because then you have a name about what you are in the upper world. So I would recommend, it's in the Conscious Feelings book and also in the website called brightprinciples.mystrikingly.com. I'll try to send a, an email with all the website that I'm, I'll talk about. Uh, here and you can go through this process. I would recommend to do it with a with a partner It's great to do it with a partner, but you can do it in the privacy on your, of your own home Okay, so there's this access to this upper world that's possible and then there's this whole access to the underworld and the underworld or shadow world those are both name for the same thing is the territory of unconsciousness it's the world of unconsciousness and irresponsibility. Your gremlin is the king or queen of that, of that domain. 
it thrives on being irresponsible, on avoiding responsibility. It thrives on unconsciousness and knocking you or other people in the space unconscious so that you would go in this dynamic called low drama. Low drama is a dynamic between people or also it can happen inside of you that has the purpose of avoiding responsibility. I just, maybe I want to mention something before we really go into this is this is not the domain of right and wrong. We're not using the distinction right and wrong, like upper world is good and underworld is bad. The distinction, like the, the use of right and wrong, um, good and bad, is already a shadow principle. All of it is in the underworld. Because it's a judgment. It is a judgment is there's a standard and who gives the standard most most of you know in modern culture in, in, in countries that standard has been given by the church. If you act in the particular way that we say, then you you're virtuous and you'll go to, he to heaven. And if you act in this particular way, you're a bad person, you're a sinner, and you will go to hell. So it is very deep inside of us, this, am I a good person or am I a bad person? Am I doing this right or am I doing this wrong? Is this positive or is this negative? Okay, so this is not the distinction. The distinction gremlin is not bad or wrong or negative. The distinction is neutral. However, it has consequences in your life. Consequences that maybe you, you want or maybe you don't want. So it's useful to get to know which is the part that is the, like the, the source of the consequences in your life. So I was saying the, the gremlin is the king or queen of your underworld and your underworld thrive, your gremlin feeds its main food. Okay. The gremlin is just like you. It needs food. Okay. You eat pineapple and vegetables and, and rice and water. And okay. This is what your physical body needs. Your gremlin needs energetic food. When the gremlin is unconscious and uninitiated, the main food it eats on is low drama which is a dynamic that can happen between people or also inside of you. The dynamic of low drama is it starts with a victim and the victim is really sad. The victim uses unconscious sadness to play victim. And it's like, I'm not good enough. I didn't, I didn't make it. Other people are better than me or Nobody loves me. Life is horrible. I don't want to be here. This is where the gremlin starts. You can, and you can start sensing inside of you those, those victim stories. The victim, uh, it has a particular energy and sensation of victim. And that's where the low drama starts. A good victim can make a persecutor out of anybody. I'm not happy because you did this. I'm not, I'm not happy because, because you betrayed me or you attacked me or you abandoned me or 
um, you, you stole my friend, you stole my boyfriend, you, um, you fired me, you whatever. So the victim needs a persecutor to be a victim. So it will look, so for the victim to actually be, to play full out, it will need to look out, the gremlin part will need to look out and say, who can, who is actually persecuting me? Who can I find and prove to them that they are persecuting me? I'll prove it with very, very good evidence. Okay. So this is what the gremlin does. It started by being a victim, let's say, and then it looks out, it will find evidence to make his story or her story true. And the universe is so filled with evidence that you can find any of it evidence to fulfill any story, to prove any story right. My gremlin want my gremlin want to say this is so important that you, to understand that the uh, to be the um, the victim is the start of the gremlin. It's really so important to understand it, and that's the, that's the possibility of a choice. Thank you. I, I need a distinction now. Um, Who's speaking? Uh, uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's me speaking. It's not my gremlin, but I do need a distinction. I mean, in life, it does happen that sometimes some unfortunate situations happen or somebody's gremlin is acting in ways that impact you. So automatically, when you are impacted by somebody else's actions, uh, Emilia, would you say all that is not a victim? Yeah, would you say would you say it again in I? When I get okay, if I uh, am in a situation where somebody else's actions are impacting me directly, uh, how do I call that situation? How do I? navigate that situation without falling into the gremlin victim of it i mean how do you call that situation when somebody is impacted by somebody else's actions how do i call it <laughs> yeah so would you would you just hold this question because i think it's a really important question and and other people i ask other people who couldn't be here to ask uh ask me question um, and then I could answer them in this talk. And one of the question is, how do I um, handle, like how do I behave or interact with other gremlin attacking me? Like other gremlin coming at me? How yeah, for example, let's, let's say, uh, it didn't happen to me, but let's say tomorrow somebody just catches me in a moment and they rape me. I mean, it's, it's obviously a situation when, where I'm a victim. But but how do how do I navigate that situation without falling into the gremlin victim mode? Let's say. So when you say when that in that situation I'm obviously a victim, which I is speaking. It's me. It's not my gremlin. I mean, any woman who is raped is a victim. To, to somebody else's actions. It, it's like a mm -hmm. logical situation where somebody is impacted negatively by somebody else's action. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so thank you for, for saying that. And this, when you say it's obvious, so it's logic, like it's logical. It, it is like this. There's no way it cannot be like this. It is like this. And I just want to give you a, a, a story that I read um, as I was studying Buddhism, are the story of nuns in Tibet, who, when the Chinese invaded t Tibet and went into nunneries and monasteries and, and raped and like tortured and raped the nuns. And the nuns' story was they were feeling sad for their rapist because they knew the karma that they were creating for themselves. And in that way, they, they didn't consider them, themselves victims. They considered that the rapist was building a negative karma that would come back and he would have, he would, or they would have the consequences of those actions later. So I'm saying, I'm saying what you're saying is a particular story and what they're saying is a particular story. And what you're saying is, if I'm raped, I'm a victim. And they're saying, if I'm raped, the rapist is, is, is creating bad karma for themselves. And I'm not a victim of that. I feel sad. I felt sorry. I'm sorry. There, I, I, just wait, pause for a second, Emilia. I'm just saying, you can make any stories about anything and, and take any evidence to prove that story. And then when you say, I make up this story, which I makes this story. That's the distinction. Which is the I that would want to make this story? And what is the purpose? And what is my benefit for making that story? <clears throat> I, I feel that the, the same situation can be looked from uh, many uh, perspectives, yes. Uh, but, you know, both stories can be true. You know, uh, I mean, uh, if you are focusing on on the person that acted acted in the way in a way, and you're thinking about them, uh, yes, you can think that oh yeah they created negative karma and whatever you know. But when you think about yourself, I I feel that it's a it's a healthy sign of of, of self love to be able to manifest self compassion for a situation where you obviously suffered through something. So would you sit with that distinction? Would you sit with the possibility that different parts of you make, makes up different story and gather up different evidence to make up that story and the story has a particular purpose? No, it, it's really not a story. If I'm, if I'm uh, feeling pain in my body because I was raped or because I... I don't know, hap something happened to me, you know, and, and my body like literally hurts. Isn't that a situation where I should focus on myself and not on somebody else? There's, I don't have any shoulds. I do not work with shoulds or must or have to. Everybody do what they need to do. Everybody do what they do actually. Here the proposal is that there's some distinction you can have more distinction that creates more clarity 
about what is the purpose of, of you saying that particular, that particular story. Okay, give me a distinction between uh, victim mode and self-compassion. Compassion for yeah. oneself. Mm -hmm. like love, like healthy love for oneself. You know, they say that you can't ever love somebody else if you don't learn to love yourself. You know, how do you show yourself love in a situation where, where you've been you're going through something that's not pleasant. So, Emilia, I, I would like to maybe pause this conversation with you because what you're bringing in is they say. They say you cannot love other people if you don't love yourself. It is logical that this happens like this. So what it seems like you're bringing into the conversation does not actually come from you. It does not come from your personal experiences or or something that is yeah born in you it's born from some something else outside that you believe is true and i'm not in the business of destroying people's belief because either you then you have to destroy your belief or you have to destroy me so i if you want to have those beliefs it's up to you I, so Marin, you had you wanted okay, to say so something I, 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 don't, I don't want you to believe the same thing as me, but I, I just want to have some distinctions be, because uh, it, it clashes in some way. And um, if I understand correctly, you don't share the same belief that one has to love oneself. Emilia, it's a healthy thing, let's say. That uh, Emilia, um, I, I, I could understand um, the, 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 the want that to make the difference. Um, I myself I was raped a lot of times. So um, uh, I knew how to feel like a victim in this, in this case. And um, the experiment with the gremlin makes myself uh, to, make a, to make this difference. Um, to, that's a difference to be a victim for a moment. If you get raped, perhaps you are a victim in that moment. You have the feeling, you get punished, you get, you, everything hurts, it's terrible. N nobody wants this to, to someone. Perhaps the, 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 the bad person um, will do it. Um, but uh, if you stick and th I think that's the, the important thing. If you stick to this, um, to be a victim in this case, uh, you, you, you couldn't come out. Um, you have, to, you have to, t to fulfill the circle of feelings. So you have, um, if, you, if you stick to the, the feeling of a victim, you, you couldn't come out. So, and, and because of that, that's the, um, the power of the gremlin. If he needs this um, term, uh, you, you don't get a, um, you, you couldn't move in other possibilities, to other possibilities. I, I agree, I agree with you. I mean, I, I know and I'm familiar with the situation where when people get stuck in the victim mode and they are 
you know, in order to feel good about about oneself, you know, you, you have to point uh, the finger out on who's to blame. So I, I understand what this gremlin uh, victimhood is about, but I need a distinction to understand when, um, I mean, there's a particular moment in life when one is justified to feel like a victim. And there's another moment when one gets stuck in the victim mode because of the gremlin, because of the unconscious need to feel good in comparison to somebody else. So let me give you a distinction. You ask between self-compassion and being a victim. Yes. Being a victim has a particular purpose. When you say, I am a victim, it has the particular purpose of avoiding responsibility. That's what being a victim does. Having self-compassion or have compassion to oneself is being with oneself without stories. That's what I would use as a, as a distinction or as a definition for compassion, which is also compassion for between me and somebody else is, can I have compassion for this person is, can I be with this person without any stories about where they are on the low drama triangle, for example. And, I, and, and that's, that's, I would use that as a definition for compassion. In the, so in the low drama triangle, we've talked about this, there's the victim that uses unconscious sadness. Then there's the persecutor that you probably already guessed has this using unconscious anger. You're not good. You, you should, you know, you should do this. You shouldn't do this. You, um, I hate you. And, um, like get out of my way. And you, how, how does it, it's like, it's the persecutor. It's no and stop. And I, I don't want to do this and, and, and get out of my way and, and God cannot really access this persecutor gremlin part, but do you get an idea about where the, this unconscious anger, <laughs> you know, have finding a victim and then you can persecute the, this victim. And then there's a third character in the slow drama triangle, which is called the rescuer. <laughs> the rescuer looks for where there's a victim and then going to go and find this victim and tell them everything is okay. Everything is all right. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to do it for you. It's, gonna, it's all going to be wonderful. Don't worry about it. Um, and it's mostly I'll do it for you. So would, how many people are professional rescuer? Okay. It's great to know that about yourself. It's great to know that about yourself, that being on the rescue, which is probably the hardest um, role, like the hardest character to have contact with or understand how it is part of the low drama triangle. Because the rescuer is, it, in this culture of modern culture is still the church, is, is the priest. I'm going to absolve you from your sins. I'm going to make it all better. And it's, we're going to live in a beautiful world and it's, everything's going to be okay. And I, I will make it better 
for you. And, and so it's, it's, it could be dif more difficult to understand why is it part of a low drama irresponsible dynamic? And Can I say something to that? Yes, what did you say? Yeah, go ahead, Tara. Um, um, I think when I realized that I am a professional rescuer, um, at first it was really hard for me to understand why that would be wrong, because I was initially, it came from a place where I was like, oh, I'm helping you, I'm doing something good for you. And then I think it was in the Expand the Box, someone said that doing this, you you make this, you do the same thing as the prosecutor. You make someone a victim. You you take away the power of someone because you are doing it for them, and that's that's as much of a like like yeah, you're taking their power from them by doing it for them, and that's as as much as a of a prosecution as this like as the prosecutor is just the same thing. And I realized, oh, that was the moment where I was like, okay, this is, yeah, it's not, it's not helping. It's, it's not doing something good for someone. It is taking away, the, away their own power. Yeah. Thank you. The, the, the low drama can happen just like Tara explained with somebody outside. Okay. Somebody is doing, is doing something and they, they're playing the victim or you might want them to be a victim so that you can rescue them. And then the rescuer would, would move and then the victim would find the persecutor. Okay, this is the, the outer low drama. You can turn around and look inside and realize that you have a low drama going on also inside of yourself with all three characters, victim, persecutor, rescuer. And it starts with, I hate myself. I hate myself, I'm not good enough. I, I have a really worse life than everybody else. I, 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 I will never make it, I'm never gonna be successful, I'm no, never gonna have enough money. Why am I even here? How can even people look at me? And then inside you have this, okay, that's the victim. And the persecutor says, yeah, see, you did this wrong. And what about this? And when you said that, that was horrible. And see again <laughs> there that you, you failed again. You failed, see? And then boom, okay, you've got pers victim, persecutor, and rescuer. And then it's like, no, but come on, it's not that bad. Look, I, but I also said this, and, and that was good. And, I, and, and what about two days ago? And I helped this person. And okay, but no, really, I'm so I'm so horrible and I'm so bad and nobody loves me and okay and on and on and on okay the low drama happens inside also inside okay so I, low drama is not bad it is not bad it's just using huge amount of resources and energy and attention in your your time and your life into this circle of victim, persecutor, um, rescuer, on and on in a loop and nothing changes. Years pass, decades pass, your children's lives pass. The whole thing passes and nothing ever changes. 
So is there an end to this internal drama? Triangle? Yes, there is. <laughs> God, otherwise what a depressing talk this would be. You are doomed for the rest of your life to stand on drama. <laughs> yeah, yes and, yes and. I want to say that to be somewhere else than where you are, you first have to be where you are. And so there's this, there's this part of, and, and, and I think this also comes from the church of the underworld is so bad. Underworld is so bad. Sinning, you know, have, making sin is so immoral that a lot of us do not even want to look in that direction and see what really we're up to, what our gremlin is up to. And if we are not faced with our shadow world and our underworld and how deep and evil, really evil and violent and mean and um, twisted and manipulative and controlling our underworld is, you cannot get out of it. You do not have a chance. So having a mirror of saying, this doesn't exist, or I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna forget about it, and it's going to go away, and I'm going to look into my bright side. From experience, it doesn't work. It just, because it comes out sideways. It leaks out. And then your gremlin will knock you unconscious, and you will start hurting the people that you love, and breaking relationship, and being inauthentic, and persecuting, or playing the victim, or rescuing. And, and then you know, when your gremlin is fed from a big, heavy, fat, juicy, low drama, you'll wake up and be, how can I even do that? Like, what did I do? What did I do? Where did that come from? And then you say, oh, no, no, no. Let's, let's forget about this question. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And, and then, but because I'm a good person. And then sure enough, the next day, the next week, that thing will just happen again. So there is a value of looking into the underworld. There's really huge value because the more you have clarity about your own underworld and about how evil and like which shadow principles do you serve? For example, resentment or revenge, manipulation, control, persecution, scarcity, competition. I want to be right. I want to be right is a shadow principle. I want to make somebody else's wrong. This is a particular uh, feminine trait. It could be a particular feminine trait to want to make your partner wrong. Anybody ever experienced that? Wanting to make your partner wrong? Okay, this is just your gremlin. It is your gremlin. And it's, then you can choose. It's either, I, either I'm right or either I'm in connection. Either I'm right or either I'm in relationship. When, you are, when your gremlin takes over you, when it's in the driving seat of your life, for example, you want to be right or you want to make wrong or you want to compete or you want to um, uh, persecute or you want to be perfect or you want to be superior or play inferior. When your gremlin is in your driving seat of your life, the only intimacy you can have is gremlin intimacy. So some people use the primary relationship as a gremlin feeding ground where they can have unlimited source of food for their gremlin. And 
so one of the example is for example the fight and fuck type relationship you know let's fight and let's make up by having sex you know which is fucking both are gremlin and 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 people think this is a relationship well this is what's possible in a relationship so much more is possible so you can do this experiment and it's a commitment more than an experiment it's a commitment saying my primary relationship is an unconscious free gremlin zone no gremlin is allowed no feeding gremlin i feed my gremlin somewhere else okay because your gremlin does need to be fed but not in the primary relationship maybe not with your children you know like the family the family zone is an unconscious gremlin free space May I ask a personal question? Yes. I mean, this uh, this uh, rule setting this decision that my family is a gremlin-free space. It it does sounds to me like a very tall order. Um, um, how do you manage to maintain it gremlin-free? Yeah, I have my gremlins sit on my left side and I use my gremlin for other purposes because so and this is where I was sort of starting to go is your gremlin right now is or before it is initiated, your gremlin is uninitiated and it feeds on low drama and it serves unconscious purposes. Actually, your gremlin can never stop serving unconscious purposes. That's his job. It will serve your hidden purpose for the rest of your life. And this is going to be a pretty long, long answer, Amelia, but trying to kill your gremlin, trying to tame your gremlin, trying to control it, put it in a cage, put it away. It's just, it's just like a denying. It's just denying. So in possibility management, the offer is we're not in the business of taming gremlins or controlling gremlins or killing gremlins. We need our gremlin. We need our gremlin for our destiny. We need our gremlin for archetypal and extraordinary love because an initiated gremlin is an unlimited source of nonlinear possibility and it can do anything that your box your box is your survival strategy, cannot do. Your box, which they go in pairs. Your box and the gremlin go in pairs. When the gremlin is uninitiated, the job of the gremlin is to protect the status quo, the status quo of the box and destroy any space at any time for no reason. Any space of intimacy, connection, relationship, authenticity, honesty, your gremlin will destroy that space so that your box stays the same. So that your world doesn't change. So you don't change and you don't transform and you don't evolve. That's the job of the gremlin. And you needed, you needed a gremlin to, to do this job when, until you were 18 years old. You needed your gremlin. So you can be very grateful for that part who helped you survive until you were 18 years old where you were ready, you had enough matrix and uh, mass and substance in you to 
change the purpose of your box and change the purpose of your gremlin, which is to um, shift them from a purpose of defen defensiveness and survival. Like I want to survive. I need to survive. I need it to be like this. Otherwise I'll die. I need to be small. I need to not show up. I need to not say what I want. I cannot say what I want. Otherwise I will die. Okay. This is the survival uh, purpose. And when you're 18 years old, you were ready to, to move your box and your gremlin to an expensive purpose where your box becomes one of your tools for evolution. Because when you notice that you are at the edge of your box and you feel glad, great, I'm in new territory. Your box is your, is your living room, is like the comfort zone. Some people call it the comfort zone or your belief system or your worldviews or okay, getting at the edge of your worldview is uncomfortable. You will start feeling something, most probably fear. This is also why we start um, feelings work in possibility management. Because if you cannot feel fear, you cannot go at the edge of your box and your gremlin will destroy the possibility for you to go at this edge. It will kill a, con a connection. It will make you late. It will um, have you have online problems like Wi-Fi problems. Your, your gremlin can do that. I can, I can assure you it's very smart so that you cannot make it to this call. So there was about like twice as many people who registered for this gremlin Q&A. Okay, where are those people? What happened to them? You know, if I ask them, they, would, they will all have an amazing story about my grandfather died. Um, okay, my grandfather was sick. Um, I, I, I didn't wake up. I didn't put my alarm on or I, my mother needed me. You know, that's a great excuse. My mother needed me. So whatever the story, it doesn't matter. It's just their gremlin making up mm -hmm. shit so that they wouldn't be like come into a space where there would be clarity enough for them to distinguish between them and their gremlin and then do the job of initiating their gremlin to say, sit, sit at my left side and you are not in charge. I'm in charge. My being is in charge. My birth principles are in charge. My archetypal lineage is in charge. You're not in charge. Okay. The manipulation game, the perfectionist competition, the revenge, the resentment, it's been long enough. You can, you can say that it has been freaking long enough. I want something else in my life. I want creation. I want love. I want clarity. I want possibility. I want evolution. I want high level fun. I want joy of life. I want adventures. I want exploration. Okay. And your gremlin, it cannot, that's not the purpose that it serves. Your gremlin does not serve this purpose. And it can be a tool. It can be uh, a resource more. Your gremlin can be a resource for you to live those things in your life because you will get to the edge of your box. You know, if you want evolution in your life, you will have to get to the edge of your box, to your comfort zone, to what you don't know, even worse, to what you don't know that you don't know. This is the most horrible thing for somebody in survival to realize that they didn't know that they didn't know something. You get to the edge of your box and your, your box will tell you, oh, go back, you know, come back in. We don't want to see this. 
this is not safe. I'm going to die, which is true. The box is going to die. If you go beyond the edge of the box, the box is going to die. Okay, so the box has this, no way, we're feeling fear. Let's get out of here. Okay, and your gremlins say, hey, hey, I think this is going to be fun. You know, I, I don't want to be in survival anymore, or I, I think we can do this. You, and you tell your gremlin, okay, take me to this conference. You tell your gremlin, okay, talk to these people. Your box cannot talk to like a leader of a conference or um, a lot of people cannot, their box cannot talk to Clinton Callahan. Okay, but your gremlin can talk to Clinton Callahan. So you say your gremlin, you tell your gremlin, okay, you have to call him up. I need something. Just call him up. And then, and then your gremlin, you give him that job to call Clinton, but then who's speaking is you. Your gremlin's resource was just to pick up the phone and dial the, the phone number and just say, I'm going, we're going to do this. Okay. So you can give, yeah, I just want to finish. You can give, and this is sort of phase two of gremlin work. Phase one is know your gremlin, own your gremlin, which would start with finding its name finding its name and finding its food. Okay, the food you can do in the privacy of your own home, its name, you have to do it with um, a possibility manager or somebody who's been initiated already, who has an initiated gremlin. Okay, that's phase one, be where you are. Phase two is let's give him other jobs. So I just wanna answer your question, Emilia, is I give my gremlin a lot of other jobs than low drama. I give him high drama food. For example, organizing a gremlin Q&A on a Sunday morning for no reason. <laughs> like, why would I do that when I'm going to have like 15 gremlin attacking me saying, it's not like this. I'm a victim. I'm right. I don't want to change, <laughs> you know? Okay. But I needed my gremlin to do this. I also need my gremlin to um, make outrageous offers of, you know what? let's go to Greece for six weeks. Let's, let's, let's get a very expensive villa in Greece for six weeks for no reason. Okay, my box is freaking out because I'm, I don't deserve to have a, a holiday in Greece. You know, it's too expensive. Like, who am I to, to take time off when there's refugees coming, you know, by, by boat in Greece? Or whatever the thing is, that's my box. My gremlin says, let's do it. Okay, and on and on and on. There's so much that your gremlin is a, non non, a resource, a source of nonlinear possibility and making offers that your box cannot make. To have an alive relationship, to have a relationship with a, with a partner, but also with basically anybody on the street, you need your gremlin at your side because the box would want to have the routine. We know how we have our coffee in the morning and then we... Um, you know, have sex twice a week on Thursday and Sunday, and then we go on, uh, you know, anniversary, always at the same restaurant. Okay, that's the box. There's nothing wrong with the box, but it's kind of dead. You need your gremlin to make your relationship alive. So this is how I keep low drama out of my primary relationship. Yeah. Um. Uh, it's it's not obvious to me how is it your gremlin and not you doing the 
outrageous proposals or initiating this. How do you make the distinction between you and your gremlin when you go for this kind of um, initiatives like organizing this? Yeah, thank you for the question about how do you distinguish between you and your gremlin? And it doesn't start with distinguishing between you and your gremlin when making outrageous offers. It starts a few steps before that, distinguishing my gremlin wants to be a victim. My gremlin, oh, this is a good one. So, because if your gremlin can prove that it has been a victim, what does it have license to do? If you can prove that you've been a victim, then, then what? You can check in yourself. Yeah, Anna? Then you can have a juicy revenge. Yes! <laughs> oh, this is amazing. <laughs> Delicious. Delicious. And long. <laughs> you can even plot. You can plot the revenge for years, decades. Okay, this is what, this is what your gremlin gets to do. If it can prove it has been a victim, then it can turn around and say, you did this to me. You can let, you know, wait and see what I can do to you. Wait and see what I can do to you. Okay. And you will feel it in you. Okay. It, it actually never really goes away. It never goes away. But you can have a choice about, am I going to let that part run my, run my life? So you could do experiments like this about when you, when you catch yourself being a victim, then, then notice what is the revenge plan. And do this experiment, write it down. What is the revenge plan? I'm going to do this. I'm going to stop talking to them. I'm going to gossip to them, to this person, so that they will stop talking to them. I will, um, I will eat all their food in the fridge, you know, if you're living with a roommate. Like, I don't know what kind of revenge plan you make up. Okay, but be aware of that. And then, and it has, it's an experiential distinction. It is an experiential distinction, okay? So it has a particular energy. Can, can anybody describe, for those who've had this experiential distinction, what does it feel like when this gremlin wants to come, come up? Yes. So uh, when my gremlin, also it's definitely the sense of controlling something. So it's, it's, it's the sensation is, um, is much more the flight and fight mode of about um, fighting for me, yeah? And it's, it's tight and it's adrenaline, definitely adrenaline in my blood. So I'm high, high sensitive and active and ready to just, mm -hmm. so really sensitive in what is coming and filtering, so almost a high sensitive sensor in my in my physical senses as well and also in my energetic sense and it's a lot of anticipation as well mm. and i would like to add it is very clever it's high intelligence mm. yeah. yeah so so often also many different possibilities at the same time like scanning Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Many layers, yeah. 
I think it's very charged uh, with fear and, and this is a very strong energy, hence feels almost as if uh, I was being a gremlin invincible. It's, it's a bit of a high, it's a bit of a, a bit of a hunter, a bit of a warrior. Uh, it's very exciting. I, I do enjoy it sometimes. It is. It is so exciting. I think there's, there's a, a title of a part of the book, uh, Raging Joe Brilliant Love, it says, low drama is ecstasy. You get so much ecstasy from low drama, but it's, it's a form of false ecstasy. But it's like, this is happening. What, you know, what are they saying about me? What are, can I say about them? Um, <laughs> and this, <gasps> you know, it, it's this monster. You have this monster inside of you. And, yes. and it's thrive. Yeah, it's thrive on this adrenaline, excitement. Yeah, Anna. And there is also, in my experience, another one that is this thing about being totally untouchable. So of not showing actually any excitement or, um, or big adrenaline is more like getting so unbelievable cold and sharp. And, and this thing about you, you will never get me. So whatever you do. Mm. How many people have that kind of gremlin, this, you'll never get me, you know, when it comes up? Yeah. Yeah. So every gremlin has a particular strategy, okay? Every gremlin is very unique. So, you know, this, like, excitement and this, you will never get me. But there's also gremlin, some gremlin who feed on being victims. Their whole life is about mm. how am I a victim in my life? And this is also adrenaline. And this is also a, a, a form of ecstasy. But there's a way, the, the, the procedure to get a grip on your gremlin. Because this is not about taming or uh, killing or controlling. It's about having a grip on it. Meaning distinguishing between you and your gremlin and, and, dis, and committing or deciding that I am the boss. I am in charge of my life and you are not. This is what I mean by having a grip on. Is to make a list of 50 of its food. And don't stop before you have 50 of what it likes to eat. From, uh, you know, gossiping, controlling. And say, how do you control? You know, the, the feminine way of controlling is making a, a little suggestion with no way out, you know, oh, you could do it like this, but if you don't do it like this, you're dead, you know, okay. This is a very <laughs> feminine touch of gremlin control. Mm, competition, you know, I want to be better than them or I want to be worse than them. You know, some people thrive on being failures. Some, some people's gremlin thrive on being failures. So, okay, some people thrive on being failures so that they can prove to the world that their parents were bad parents. Can you imagine dedicating your life to prove that your parents were horrible parents? I can assure you, I've met more than one person that that's, that was their life dedication until they became aware of it. So their gremlin was running their life. So any kind of 
making expectation, making expectation on others is gremlin food. Having assumption about how people should behave or what they should say or what they shouldn't say or what, how they should close the door or put their shoes on the shoe shelf or bring you flowers for your birthday or wish you happy birthday. All of those are assumption turn into expectation that when they're broken, you can have justified resentment. They betrayed me. Okay. You can only be betrayed if you had an expectation in the first place. Who made the expectation? What was the purpose? Probably to have resentment. Okay. This is, I mean, this is how evil we are. You know, I'm going to make an expectation on somebody so that I'm sure they're going to break it. And so I can re have resentment and feel betrayed you know, instead of being in relationship. How, yeah, this is, and it's not bad. It's just, it's just evil. It's just manipulative and controlling. Mm. Also like making and leaving messes, little messes here and there, like not, mm. not doing the dishes, leaving a little dirt in the, in the house, not keeping commitments, making a promise and, and, and breaking the promise. Okay, all of those are messes that then your life is just a, is full of little messes and it doesn't have enough clarity for your bright principles to come through, which is a, a purpose of the gremlin. If you have a messy life, then there's no space for evolution because you have to handle all those little messes, having debts, Having debts is a mess because then a lot of your attention and energy is taken upon what am I going to do with my debt? How am I going to pay it back? I need to have a job. Okay, I need to have a job that pays enough even if I hate this job or like this whole thing, mm. your whole life is consumed by paying back the debt instead of for what you really want, you really want it for. Or mm, having little... Um, like wars, little conflict with people in your team or in your family or in your group of friends. And then you rehearse the conversation in your head before you're going to talk to them. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Rehearsing conversation. <laughs> okay. Okay. You wake up in the morning and then the first thing, I mean, it, it happens to me, so I know what I'm talking about. You wake up in the morning and the first thing it does is like, but, but she said this, but in, if I said that, when she said this, then I could have been right. And I, I could have, and then she would see it that I, I, she could have seen that I'm right. And then, and then I'd be right. Yes. Next time, next time I'll do that. You know, and, and this is how, you know, some of us wake up in the morning. So we wake up and we count our enemies. Our gremlin counts our enemies. Who am I going to try to be right over, you know, have power over today. And we don't know you know, and it's, a, it's sort of a way when our gremlin has been holding our life, like driving our life for so long, it's, we don't know who we are without this part. Mm -hmm. Who am I when I wake up and I don't count my enemies? <laughs> who am I if I'm not trying to control every movement of my partner? Who am I if I'm not a victim of my life? That would mean I'm responsible for the way things are. That means I could change it. That means there's nobody else to blame than, you know, my, my choices. 
Okay, that is scary. That is radical responsibility. And responsibility is the procedure for change. There's no way out of low drama without taking responsibility for where you are in the low drama and how you're feeding it or how you're gremlin. And when I say you, is your gremlin. What is, your, what is the favorite position of your gremlin on the low drama? And what is its favorite techniques to get that kind of food? Okay. Okay. When you there, can I, you, yeah. Um, can I give an example of of a situation where I don't know? I think I kind of created the containment for my uh, gremlin, and uh, it kind of uh, I think it might uh, you know uh, contradict this uh, principle of not allowing uh, the gremlin in the personal life. It somehow allowed it, but somehow it didn't allow it. It's like for example um me and my partner we prepare to go out and uh, do some sports like run or uh, go to the gym or whatever so um and he has a bit more um he's more used with doing this um but i'm uh, more lazy in this regard and so and also you know i i, I just come up with all kinds of oh but the weather is so bad and so nasty i don't want to get out of the house and so on so um i mean can you say can you say my gremlin says my gremlin yeah. says i don't want to get out yeah exactly it's my gremlin that says mm, i don't want to get out uh, i don't feel like doing it uh, whatever 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 but um in some way i'm conscious that it's my gremlin so basically i'm telling my my partner please let me bitch about it and then we will go and do it anyway <laughs> so yeah. it's like a containment for for my gremlin where yeah he just watches me and listens to my gremlin but he knows that uh, we will be doing it anyway it doesn't really impact what we will be doing or not so i want to say something about that which is i've been thinking about it more lately about what does it mean to be conscious? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be conscious that our gremlin is running our life? And one level, which I don't consider that conscious, is saying, my gremlin is saying this, or my gremlin is doing this. Okay, and that could, that in the beginning could come from a intellectual distinction. It comes from an intellectual distinction. You got that your gremlin likes to persecute or likes to play the victim or likes to be rescuer. If you don't feel like the pain, which means probably the sadness, but it could also be anger or fear or, or sad. If you don't feel the pain of what that does in that space, then, then you're not really conscious. If you're saying, oh, I'm having an emotion, but I still want to, uh, you know, barf it on, on, on you. You know, I still want to, I still want to play it mm. out with you. And I don't feel the consequences mm. of doing that in a relationship. Then you're not really conscious. You're not making a conscious choice saying, I'm going to, I'm going to spend those 10, 15, 30 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe a day of that I could have with my partner that could be an authentic um, sharing, honest, connected, evolutionary space, and I'm going to use it complaining, 
competing, having resentment, if you don't feel the pain of those seconds that are lost, you will never get those seconds back. back. You'll never get those minute backs. You'll never get those days back ever, 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 ever. If you cannot, when you pause, pause a minute. If you cannot feel the pain of having lost those minutes to that, then it is not a conscious choice. And I, Amelia, I just, it's just there's other people. I would like to hear other people. So, I my proposal is that you there there's people who who will share and just let them in and let the the, the new distinction kind of go in and see what they do. Because when you speak over me, then there's a way that you're saying, I don't want to hear this. You're blocking from actually being into your five bodies. Now you're that's attaching it, a story to my interventions. That's what it seems like to me. It, it does seem because it's not. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Natalia. So, um, I want to, well, I have a question. That's where I think about it. I think I just want to share something. Um, and it feels dangerous to me to share it. I feel fear uh, about that. A couple of weeks ago, um, I realized that I've been feeding my gremlin with possibility management as an idea, as a movement. And, and I also feel a lot of anger about that because I, do, I did not realize that myself. Um, and the way I was doing that is to give my center away to the possibility management and kind of feeding my gremlin, yeah, and giving that responsibility to everything that we are doing. Like being authentic in the processes, you know, the, the worship and so on, but having it running my life, basically. Like taking, taking over and leaving me not being responsible anymore. And I don't know if I can, I don't know if that's already, if it's getting my message across, but um, I think it was just serving, serving the shadow principle of, again, not taking responsibility and having things being planned out for me in some way and what was very shocking for me is that this is way more trickier because it's possibility management yeah it's a great thing like i've been having great moments i want to develop more like i'm all in and it's way more trickier to realize than as it was I don't know, a couple of years ago when i was like heavy partying you know like being yeah having the party ecstasy basically and then it was easier for me to spot it because that was so obvious yeah? and here it was so tricky you know like possibility manager oh really <laughs> like am i really doing the exact same thing and i realized a couple of weeks ago that that's exactly what happened and yeah and i didn't even notice like someone told me that i behave in the same way as a couple of years ago but 
is just way more trickier to, to realize because it's very not obvious and it's so good for me, right? Like overall. So, uh, Natalia, do you have a question or, or I have an experiment no. for you? I wanted to have a question, but then I realized I, I don't think I have one. It's just something that I wanted to bring because it feels, yeah, it just feels dangerous for me. So it's a good so, space to get up. Yeah, I, I want to, can I say something about what you're sharing? Yeah, sure. When, when I started, but also I noticed when a, a few people started possibility management, exactly what, what you, you said happened where you gave your center away. Yeah. Meaning you give your responsibility away and that is gremlin food. Giving your responsibility away is gremlin food because then if, if they don't, if the thing or the person or like the movement doesn't behave in the way you thought they were in the way, the image, the fancy world that you had about them or about it, then you feel betrayed. Okay, feeling betrayed is gremlin food. You can, you're a victim and they are the persecutor. Okay, so, um, so let me see. In the beginning, this was happened because people who start possibility management have not been initiated into their gremlin and not being initiated in keeping their center. So this is why the work of possibility management in the beginning probably can be this kind of confusing where you give your center away. However, the work is to keep your center even with possibility management. That means you can question it saying, hey, actually, what about this distinction? Is that really, you know, is that really working? And that's how possibility management can evolve, that each possibility manager keep their center and keep questioning. You know, otherwise, possibility management wouldn't evolve if, if we didn't have our center about that. Mm, yeah, it just, the part, I just want to say, the part that, the moment you might have a moment where you'll be you'll be you'll be there and somebody will like a there will be a practice from possibility management and and you might have this question am i doing it because they want me to do it or am i doing it because i want to do it okay that is such a crucial moment because then you can start distinguishing between what you want and what you've been doing about what other people want for your whole life before. Okay. This is such a precious moment. So keep that question. Am I doing it because I choose and which I is choosing, you know, or am I doing it because they want me to do it and they say it's good for me. And there's no way I don't have an answer for you. You will have to find the answer. Am I doing it? Because that's I why don't? I think yeah. I don't have a question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, it's a, but <laughs> what I'm saying I... is keep that question with you. And that's how you're going to start keeping more and more your center. When you have that question, you're bringing your center back to you. Yeah. Cool. Because it was that point when I realized that I'm training, you know, take my authority back, take my center back, you know, I'm doing all of that. But there is, and I put a lot of people there, like my mother, work, whatever that is. But there is one, one thing I didn't put in that place, and that was possibility management itself. So, um, but now it's like next level journey. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to share that because that was a uh, something tricky. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Natalia. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, Uli, and then and then Magdalena. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Um, I have a question. So, if I understood correctly, that's a good uh, example from Natalia. So, 
the gremlin food is like kind of low drama, but the gremlin is able to convert everything uh, uh, into a low drama in order to, to get fed, right? So is, is this why, because for me, when I read it, uh, uh, let's say uh, I, I found it very interesting. What I found a little bit strange is that you should feed your gremlin. This was something in the first moment I said, like, why should I do it? Yeah. But is this maybe the reason that then you're really, let's say, more free to, to act on other things? Because if not, then you can do whatever you want. He or she, the gremlin will convert it into a low drama in order to get fed. Yes. Yeah, exactly. If you don't feed him consciously, it will feed himself unconsciously. It has to have food. And in the beginning, one of the, so the practice is if, when you do this list of 50 food, I think I mentioned that you do this list of 50 food and then you pick five of those foods that you're willing to sacrifice. Like you're willing to, to feed your grumbling those foods. Mm, even it will cost you, you know, it will cost you a moment of aliveness. Okay. So it, and then you, you say to your gremlin, I'm going to feed you those five food one time a week, one day, one day a week, I'll feed you as much as you want of those five foods. Okay. So for example, it can be, you know, I recommend foods that are not destroying your relationship. I recommend food that I, where you're not playing victim, persecutor, rescuer. For example, eating chocolate, like as much chocolate as your gremlin wants until, until he even is sick, okay? Or um, watching movies or uh, being lazy all day or whatever, whatever five food that you can feed that will not be too costly for your life. And then when you start feeding him like that once a week, you will go into withdrawal. Okay? You will go cold turkey. It will really feel like you're taking away a drug from yourself. Okay? And you'll have moments where it's like, you, you don't know what's really happening, but it's your gremlin wanting to be fed. And you say, you'll be fed Saturday. And the more you feed him regularly, then you can start having this trusting relationship where he trusts you that you will feed him. And then, then you can relax. You sort of can relax in, your every, like in the rest of your time. And then when you start doing that, you will also notice that you can give him jobs that your box cannot do. So that I was talking about that, about nonlinear possibility. That is also food. Okay. So when it's uninitiated, low drama, it's his major food. But when you start initiating your gremlin, you can feed him high drama food which would be about creating your destiny and creating an extraordinary and archetypal relationship by going nonlinear and doing the things that your box cannot do. I just want to give two, two examples of high drama food that I recommend when, you, when you've done those list of 50 and then you, five, you find five food and then you start putting him on a diet. That's how we call it, putting him on a diet. Then two types of high drama food is one, look out you give him the job to look out for other gremlins and he will love that job he will love that job so he's always on alert saying okay this guy is, is going to try to persecute you this guy is having expectation on you this woman is trying to compete with you okay and then he gives you the information you get to decide what you do about it 
but that that will be a huge food for him and he will love doing that job and the other job is give him the job to catch himself okay it is not your, the job of your partner to catch your gremlin i would not recommend that as intimacy it could happen but this is not the main job so you can give your gremlin saying there's nobody as smart, as clever, as fast as you to catch yourself. So catch yourself before you're about to do it. And he will also love this job and he'll be like, see, see, I did it. I was faster than myself. This is amazing. Cool. <laughs> you know, really. And you'll be, and you'll say, Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. So now I have a choice. Okay. Let's not do this. Let's do this instead. Don't try to compete this with, with this woman, but how can you create possible? Let's try to create possibility for her. You know, instead of getting into the com competition, competition job, like um, game, you say, thank you for telling me that she wants to compete with me. Let's not go there. How can we create, how can I empower her? Okay, totally different game, high drama. And then when there's, a, so that was another question that was, somebody sent to me, but, and also Emilia had, was when a gremlin comes at you, what do you do? Because you're, when, when a gremlin comes at you and tries to hook you, trying to hook you into low drama, it's your gremlin that gets hooked, okay? It's not you. So gremlins play with gremlins, and then being plays with being, and archetypal lineage play with archetypal lineage. It's sort of like that. So gremlin, it's your gremlin who can see other gremlin. And it's your gremlin who can have the tools to not be hooked by other gremlin. So that's another job that is so, it's like so nonlinear and fun to find ways to not get hooked by other gremlin. So there's a whole list of, in the website called Become Unhookable. And almost every one of them, you can have your gremlin, you know, you can pick like five ways. There's a hundred ways. You can pick five ways and say, okay, this week we're practicing those ways of being unhookable. And with your gremlin, it's a, it's a partnership. It's like it's a, you, you, you're building a collaboration. Mm -hmm. And it could be something, so for example, changing the game. Okay, she wants to compete with me. Okay, let's find ways where I can empower her. Okay, that's one way. It could also be when gremlins come at you, and for example, the person across don't know the distinction gremlin. So I don't recommend to go around and say, this is your gremlin, because it's probably your gremlin saying that. Because then I'm right, and this is what's happening for you. you know? This is probably your gremlin speaking. So you will have to find more elegant ways to convert or like to put on the table or handle or face into other people's gremlin without using the distinction gremlin, unless they're really ready for it. Unless they come into a workshop or come into a training or um, there's a door for you to, to land that distinction. But a really, if like another ways of Facing into gremlin is a simple question that says, when you said that, what is your purpose? What are you trying to create with me 
when you say you didn't do the dishes what is it really that you want to say oh you know what are you trying to create with me okay and that will it will start the thing is when a gremlin comes at you and if your gremlin fights this is what you get you get gremlin war and gremlin feeding frenzy okay this is but if you a gremlin comes and you're and your gremlin is relaxed your gremlin doesn't get hooked then the other person's gremlin just just goes and crash okay let them crash don't rescue them let them crash it will be a wake-up call for them about what they're trying to create with you great you can start somewhere else so when you feel this fight one other thing that got it one other things that you can do is God, you're doing like this and you say, what can I do for you? It seems like you want something. What can I do for you? Okay. So instead mm -hmm. of fighting, you stand next to them. You look in their direction. What is it? What is it that they're looking that is so important to them? Okay. You might, you know, if it's revenge, you might say, I cannot help you with that, but we can create something else. What about this? Okay, you're standing next to them. You're not trying to say revenge is bad. Okay, that's gremlin. It's trying to make somebody bad or wrong. So it's, it's, it makes, I mean, when I think about it, it makes life so fun. It makes life so fun. Because then you're in this thing of, what can I do for you? You know, what would, be, what would it be like if your life, you go around and says, what can I do for you? With, and it's not about rescuing, because if you're asking, then you're not rescuing, you're just asking. They might say something, they might say no. Sorry, Magdalena, I, you wanted to say something a while ago. Thank you. Um, actually, the, um, the kind of uh, talk you just gave uh, kind of changed my question in the meantime and answered some of my um, open ends. I wanted to mention a situation um, that happened to me recently where um, I was, I think, kind of on a conscious level allowing Gremlin to feed, now I understand, because I had this time when I was um, kind of making a very right change for myself, yet changes are scary, so, so there was a bit of, I would say, work from my side and a bit of effort and I was a bit kind of tired and this Friday came and Everything worked out in terms of my change. I was very happy about it. And this Friday came and I was alone at home. And I, I started to hear this narrative. Even though all these great things happened to you, you are still alone on a Friday night. Hmm. And I was like, I saw it. I saw it clearly as a, as a kind of, uh, you know, narrative, narrative that is a bit artificial. So, so this is sometimes how I recognize the gremlin thing. That is, it has a fake note to it in a way. And I just felt like I, I should, I just allowed it, but, and I was drinking wine and I was kind of quite consciously going into a miserable direction, but it was still weirdly conscious. And at times I was laughing at myself. Like, you know, that was a strange thing. And now I think after I heard you talking, I realized that this was not entirely planned and a bit surprising appearance of gremlin where I thought, okay, let's feed you. It's, it, I kind of allowed it and it was not taking me over completely. I was not 
you know, I don't know, singing a sad song, being fully in it. I was maybe humming this song, but also laughing at myself a little bit, hearing <laughs> or seeing myself in this situation. So, so I kind of answered a bit to, to myself, and I'm curious if you have any comment on it, but I went to another kind of question mark. Um, so I think even when I was talking about the kind of fighter gremlin, the one who is so invincible and strong, I kind of sometimes literally say go when I'm scared and when I'm on the edge of the box, something happens. I am like, now it's time for you. So I kind of channel this, I think sometimes in a good way, but on the other hand, very often, I think still, my consciousness is not enough to to see the little hook and to and to be uh, aware of what is going on. So I'm just wondering um, what one can do uh, if one is not ready to, let's say, feed the gremlin at that time. Because this Friday I'm describing, I just thought, okay, it came, it's kind of strong, I will let it feed. But what if I really didn't want it to take over this evening for that time? Mm. What can be done? <clears throat> What's, what it seems to me is it's harder to say stop like don't do it it's harder to say that to the gremlin than saying let's do this instead mm-hmm. because the stop and the, and the no is still this you're bad or I don't want you or whatever and say okay you're a Friday night you're alone Mm, okay you can even write an article while you're in that state of in between god i can feel my gremlin it's wanting to be fed i'm drinking wine i have those okay write an article while you're in that state okay that's and then you turn this into a a high drama situation or and and it could be you know call somebody and say, please give me possibility. This is where I am. Please give me possibility right now. Mm. You can call me. <laughs> yeah, because the gremlin will make you believe that you're alone on a Friday night. It will make you believe. Yeah. Okay. So there's, this is great to have a couple, like you say, I have three experiments that I try when this gremlin state try to, to come up one can be i write an article or i can write a song or maybe even make a little movie or you know i'm I'm calling somebody i'm calling a possibility manager saying this is happening to me you know talk to me or do you have possibilities or you know one thing that you could do is you go out in the street you go out in the street and with your gremlin at your side and you and you scan how much gremlin activity is happening. And you also scan about, you know, people who are drinking at bars, their gremlin is, is up. Alcohol makes your gremlin come up, takes over, okay? And okay, notice also how their being uh, in some ways could be connected. Okay, those two people are really enjoying each other's company and it's not, there's a part gremlin, but there's not a part that's not gremlin. So you, you awake your gremlin about this is, you know, then you train him, you train him to scan for gremlin. Okay. You have your being there also saying, okay, but, and this, and this is something else. Okay. So then you're also building this distinction inside of you between your being and your gremlin. 
So you can use those states to just build more matrix in you. Yeah, thank you for your question. I, I, wanna, I wanna sort of ask a question to Anna and for you to speak a little bit because Anna has been working uh, a lot in the past year about this distinction or this um, state of gremlin enmeshment. How when the gremlin state is enmeshed with the adult ego state and, and what does it look like? And yeah, can you just kind of talk about your research and, and, and what you've discovered about it? Yes. Thank you. So um, the gremlin enmeshment is happening in a really um, camouflage way. So the adult state is getting contaminated by this gremlin and the gremlin is like it takes over the adult state. So it's completely invisible for me when my gremlin is enmeshed with my adult state because everything that I see, that I hear, that I understand, each question that I ask. Anna, I think um, um, Anna needs the a word. Enmesh, the, the word enmeshment, I don't know what it means. In, in German? Con, contam, like, uh, ah, contamination, as is, as is uh, dein gremlin is conta contaminiert dein, uh, dein uh, erwachsenen Teil. Um, so, and in that moment, um, it's, it's, it's like to have, you know, it's like this, this face looks like an adult, speaks like an adult, and it's, it's, really, it's, it's really good to, um, to, to make this performance as an adult. And the exploration is about to start to remove this gremlin state energetically from the adult state to start to feel first how it is to not have this filter, to not have this contamination in, in the adult state. And it's a completely revelation because this is the biggest job of my gremlin is to, to sniff gremlin contamination. And it's so much often that I thought it will be and I'm in a state of, I feel really sad about it. And, and it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it makes just so a big difference. And, and when, I, when, I, when I got my gremlin enmeshment, because I experienced this, because I have this, um, it was almost like, mm, really see the world for the first time. The colors were different. I was talking differently, asking differently, different questions. So, um, and in my research, it's a lot about this attitude, you will never get me thing. So I put a mask, I function, and I will perform my life as an adult and as a fake. And it's devastating to, to experience that. And it's wonderful to, be, um, to make the distinction, to remove it, and to really let, this, let my, my, my heart, my being be touched by the world and, yeah, and, and connect. So it's, 
it's like to be born again. Thank you. I just want to add one thing, uh, Nona, before that this, um, when we were talking about gremlin enmeshment, so the, the gremlin adult, uh, the, the gremlin ego state, sorry, is contaminates the adult ego state is a survival strategy. Is a survival mm -hmm. strategy that you've decided probably very young that um, to survive, you had to have your gremlin in charge of your whole life. You made a deal with your gremlin mm -hmm. or it's sort of a saying you're in charge, the whole thing you're in charge. And so the enmeshment can be like 10, like can be, I think it's like 50, 60, 70, 80%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you're trying to be adult, which mean when you're trying to have a, um, like authentic, clear communication with another human being, 80% of that conversation is gremlin. But it often happens when, like Anna said, it's like very subtle and it's, it's covered in the mask of adult, but there's, a, there's a only 20% adult, but underneath it's all gremlin. And so, and what Anna was sharing is her gremlin is, I can talk to you, but you will never get me. And that was the whole conversation. What was really happening? Okay, uh, just Nona first, and then and then Taya. Yeah, this really gets me because this is exactly how my how my gremlin works. And I would like to ask you how you how you got the distinction, Anna. How you worked with it to to get to be able not to put those masks and another mask and another mask. How I got the distinction is uh, because uh, I had the I had the possibility to be with Clinton in a in a training uh, where he created the space for me to really feel into that and realize it and see it by myself. And the first step for me was to feel the pain, what it is in like the biggest in in the biggest size and this is what i also offering is to to, to uh, for me it was really important to feel the pain before everything else happened of this realization and and then there are the first step i don't know if we want to go they are really specific Ankloy, but i could also offer you to have just a conversation with you where we can go in this specific what to do with this yeah so what there's a think? number of you who have adult ego state contaminated with your gremlin yeah so and so i would propose anna would you would you have a whole other session about it because it takes it takes yeah. kind of some context in like maybe 45 minutes to an hour to really get the process yeah so anna would you put your email address in the chat and then whoever wants to um, start this process with Anna, just write to her and then Anna, you can organize maybe a session with, with more than one. Yeah. Person. Yeah. Great. It is one of the most like, uh, maybe difficult survival strategy to, to, to decide to tr like to choose to make up because then you have to, you have only 20% adult that, wants 
the gremlin out and the rest doesn't have enough choice. There's, there's this very little choice to keep saying, I'm going to do this work. I'm going to do the practice mm -hmm. of decontaminating my ego state. Yeah. And it takes a couple years. It takes a couple years to do the entire work. Okay. So it takes really level of commitment. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, Anna. And thank you, Nona. Yeah. Natalia and then Tara. Yeah, I, I just wanted to thank you, Anna, for, uh, for sharing that, uh, because it feels that what I was, my first sharing was kind of about that. No, I did not, uh, yeah, had the exact wording for that, but it's, yeah, it just makes a lot of sense. So. I will be contacting you and thank you for sharing. Thank you. I, I, sorry, I have to to ask more details about this. You will never get me. Emilia, would you just pause for a second? Because Tara had her hand up before. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I, I don't really know the whole question yet. I think I'm still on the way to figure it out. Um, but when I had the Expand the Box seminar um, and we put out the pictures of our gremlins that we drew and we had, um, I had a conversation um, with a few people and then also with Clinton. And at some point at the end of the Expand the Box, he told me, don't fall in love with your gremlin. And um, I, I have a, I'm trying to figure something out, um, which is that I think that one of the things that my gremlin does is that it wants everyone to be in love with him or her very much. And I'm not sure if I have yet really found him or her, um, but what I found was loaded up, completely fed up with sexuality. It was full of it. Um, and there is, it's really hard for me to um, figure out other things about my gremlin than what he or she does in in the whole realm or place of sex and sexuality because it's so full of that and i find it really hard also to distinguish between what in this space is my gremlin and what is the big revenge plan that i've been plotting on for years um, and what is me in that and it is so hard for me um, to find my own space in this um, yeah because I feel like my gremlin has taken over um, this whole part and <laughs> it is very um, 
it's funny that my Wi-Fi also didn't work in the moment that you were talking about the White Widow thing. <laughs> it completely stopped and I couldn't listen anymore. Um, Tara, would you let those feelings get bigger? Okay, you're sort of holding, holding up the feelings a little bit and just, they're big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go. Yeah, go, Tara. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes me really, really sad because I, it feels like I lost this whole part of me and I don't know. And I can't seem to take it back because it has been, it is so fed up with wanting to revenge myself and wanting to manipulate people and just taking something that, because I'm actually longing for intimacy and for a nice, like something that fills me up, but I'm always using it to be the one stronger and to be the one in power. And I can't even, I'm always manipulating and I'm kind of really really hard to find myself in that because she or he has been taken over and all I'm trying to figure out the whole time about my gremlin is what is going on there and I can't seem to figure it out and it gives me no space to see anything else because it seems like this is so important and I I want to find other things out about this but it's like this is so upfront that I can't find a way around it. <laughs> Thank you, Tara. Thank you. Thank you. Would you talk to Anna? Because it seems like your gremlin ego state is enmeshed in your adult ego state. And you've made that decision a long time ago to survive. Okay, and Anna has a very clear process. Okay, right now you've been for you know the past year, you've been trying to have this distinction gremlin and it comes up anytime and it's and then there's no space for you. And and also you didn't have the clear process. So if you do this with Anna, then you'll have a clear process and a and a clearer way out. Starting to make space for your being. That's really small and somewhere inside hidden right now. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Amelia, I saw you, you have a raised hand and we have about five minutes and I would like to give some space for people who didn't say anything yet. Or if you have a question to sort of take a deep breath and just check inside of you. No, no, I see you and I just want to give just a few more minutes for or seconds. Okay. I just want to say that um, 
there's a lot more. Gremlin is a field of research. There's a lot more that I would want to have wished that I could talk about. For example, the White Widow and, and other survive, like survival strategy that the Gremlin has. And also how the Gremlin can um, be useful high drama. There's so many practices and so many ways. So keep researching, okay? Keep reading the books, keep reading the website. Keep, you can also um, bring that in your possibility team. You know, how, how can I start practicing something different with my gremlin? You know, that's such a cool thing to do in a team because you need the feedback from other people. So they can see your gremlin, you mm -hmm. can see theirs, and they can find new possibilities for your gremlin. Okay, so there's a, there's a lot more. No, no, go ahead. I'm experimenting with feeding my uh, gremlin regularly once a week. And one of my most, uh, my best gremlin food is sweets. And um, <clears throat> the part where I go shopping with my gremlin and she buys things and so we dedicate the Friday evening for feeding. It works very well. And I'm not very sure about <clears throat> how many sweets can I eat during the week? What is, what is really part of being normal and adult? And what is, what is gremlin food during the week? So uh, I have a long story with being... Um, with not eating, eating too much, uh, doing diet and so on. So there is a structure that wants to be very rigid and very then I'm very proud of it and feel superior when I don't eat or when I regulate something in my eating. So it was a very long story for me to come to the point where I'm really um, in peace with myself and with my eating or wh wh where I love myself even though I eat chocolate. And I feel there is, um, it's difficult to say no, no chocolate at all, no sweets at all, only Friday, Friday evening. So do we have an idea for this? So I uh, was an anorexic and it's sort of like being an alcoholic. I would say I am an anorexic. It never really goes away. It's part of my survival strategy. So I, um, when I picked my gremlin food, I, I didn't, necessarily pick food food like physical food because it's too enmeshed in the gremlin to say no to physical food then it's there's this part there's this part that actually feeds the gremlin i'm in control you know and that's mm. it i'm in control yeah so i would i would propose that you you pick other kind of foods and you could have a friday night where it's more chocolate for example and um I would just pick other kind of food. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I didn't do so much research about that, but I think it's worth, it's worth researching about how to get out of this anorexia or bulimia or any kind of food related control. And how is that related to the gremlin and what, what could be the steps? So I think it would be a worth a, you know, a, a research team about that. Because mm -hmm. it's also very linked with uh, the patriarchy mm -hmm. and modern culture and how women should look like yeah. and how it is supposed to be beautiful and and so there's a lot in there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Nana. I just wanted to say thank you for this up.
because uh, I have also a long story of eating disorders and yeah, and it's present and it will be present. Like it's, it's a part. So thank you for bringing this uh, distinction as well. Okay. I would like everybody to just take a deep breath and look into the screen and look at those people you've been on this journey with. This is the edge of modern culture. You've been to the edge of yourself. We've been to the edge of ourselves and of the culture. And okay, this is your team. I will send an email um, around so you get everybody's contact and I'll send out the website that I mentioned that are that opens this door to 300 another 50 website part of the start over XYZ so if ever you need to read something you can go on those website and it's you get 50 tabs open and it's really fun to travel <laughs> into the game um, okay. Yeah, <laughs> get lost in it, just get lost in it. Okay, and yeah, thank you very much for your time and attention. And if, yeah, if something is needed, I'm available, but I think also everybody else here is available. So yeah, stay in touch. Thank you for holding that space. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Stay, I'm Chloe. Oh, yes, yes, I'm staying. I'm staying. <laughs> oh, my God, I was going to... Let me pause my...